it's Stone. And you've walked into the middle of the conversation we've been having. <laughs> Bro, we've recorded three podcasts worth of conversation. Maybe 14. <laughs> Obviously, Half hour. It came from on my side, ignorance and hate. But now we move on to something substantial. <laughs> uh, but what's good? We're just kind of basically what you were trying to do. It all started off from the fact that we were having a discussion of how not to talk about the elephant in the room that we've talked about every fucking week since the fucking summer, possibly since the fucking spring, Mr. West. But, but as a but, result. Yeah, but we don't have to talk about West. We don't have to. We can talk around him. We can talk around him. Yes. We can talk around him. We'll yeah, so, yeah, because we, you know, Kanye is like a very small player yes. in this, yes. you know? It's basically like, like, so we were talking about Drake's, basically it's redemption arc. You know, he was on the LeBron James uh, HBO show. Uh, I guess like last week. I don't know. I, I don't have HBO. I got it on bootleg. Um, <laughs> but uh, and basically, it was kind of a barbershop conversation, and he's for the most part telling us all the stuff that we already know, right? Like, there's nothing about um, you know, like like Drake story over the summer that we don't know yeah it's it's, it's all it's, it's all he runs now yeah but like the fact that he kind of like played the 3d chess like he he basically was you know like like we should basically basically just call him a deadbeat dad but he brought it back to him and his feelings and, <laughs> and, and his have, friend and how and he got after his friend yeah and, and then you know and then you talked about like you know going to, to Kanye and sharing this information to, to Kanye um, and like how like he felt betrayed and we all knew that but like basically like hearing that live like people who were just like man fuck Drake are now kind of like oh man yeah, like he got betrayed by his mans he just like went out to Wyoming thought he was going to make some music and like he got betrayed like that yeah it's like he had his beats and he stole his beats he stole his stole the story <laughs> about his kid he stole everything <laughs> and then we, like we were, we were discussing before what I found interesting is like you said he should be dead be dad yeah it should be end of the day it should be like you had the superstar dude who got who has his whole side life that nobody knew about and came out because of a diss song. But even then, what was interesting was he he didn't approach it like, hey, because it wasn't really about his kid. Like he said, it was about like, hey, I'm hanging out with my friends. Yeah. I'm telling him about this good time in my life. Yeah. You know, I get all this stuff. I'm, I'm helping him out. I didn't think I'm helping out his album. I'm yeah, helping his yeah, album. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. And then just... suddenly, it's not even about my child. It's about my friend. It's about how they this my friend who's sick. So even then, he kind of put this weird play where you can't even say he's a deadbeat dad because he's just like, look, I know what's happening with my child, but... What about my friend? Yeah. They diss my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's just, again, it's just like, you know, Drake has played the the long game. He's played the 3D chess. Like, he emerges a victor. Yeah. and You know? And then it goes back to, we were discussing how, like, I was on one of my favorite underground New York rappers, Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, was kind of saying, yo, how is, how is Drake so Teflon Don? And then we were just debating, it's because... He really is that fucking smart when yeah. it comes to his career. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there where, you know, obviously people get caught in a drama and this or that. Like, Drake's never really had a misstep. Even when he's misstepped, yeah. he's fixed. Because to have such a titanic-ass diss song, like, like not to be funny, look at look at what happened with Jay-Z and Ether. We were still talking about it years later. It's, yeah. it's, it became a slang term. It's weird how Drake kind of made it all disappear to a certain extent of where 
you know, it's a point where it's like, oh my God, this is it for Drake. This is he's totally reimagined yeah. what we thought about him. To now he's just showing up on LeBron show, just chilling, just being Drake. And we're just like, oh, there's Drake yeah. being Drake as usual, like he's been for the past like, you know, ten yeah. years. Well, there's a there's a few things to that. You know, number one, like Drake has a lot of friends in the industry. Yes. You know, like he has LeBron, he has like all you know, like he has people that he's like helped out. You know, he has people that he's he's like, you know, I mean like I I seem like he's the type of dude that will like go to Wyoming, help out Kanye, write some songs, help yes. Kanye write some songs. Like you know, like the way he structured that that deal with Block Boy JB basically made gave Block Boy more money <laughs> for that single. You yeah. know, like he like like he's definitely he he's just a nice dude who helps people out. And I think at the end of the day, like when you ha- when you're that nice, <laughs> you know, you pay you know that that's going to pay some dividends. Yeah. You know. So um, yeah. So I, I I'm not. I mean, I'm not surprised that he's come out the winner. Um, I'm just in awe the fact that you know. I don't even know if he had the strategy because it, it seemed like he was still kind of contemplating if he would drop this diss song that apparently with like ether Pusha T would have wiped off <laughs> entire humanity. <laughs> it would have been a cure level know? blast. So I don't know. If, I don't know if it was something where he he basically was like you know like this is all been planned out from day one. <laughs> 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 you know, like, um, but you know, it might be. You know, I, I think like even in the moment, he's smart enough to think about his career. He's smart enough to think about like make these moves. He's smart enough to stay solid, yeah, and just like let it, let it be, and just you know, at the end of the day, like like he makes good music, yeah, <laughs> and, and and it's something where in comparison to like let's say like and I and I and I feel like we kind of going in on, on Nicki Minaj a lot during the podcast where he's somebody where he always seems to be in control even when he's not, yeah, and it's kind of cool to kind of. It's kind of cool to see, like, not to be funny, a, a pop artist not self-destruct and fall for the bullshit. Yeah. And it's it's something where, like, like I just think he's just really smart. I think he's somebody who knows he it's it goes back to the fact of where, A, he loves music. Like he's somebody yeah. where it's not like like his mans are coming up to giving him stuff. He's somebody where he's in the know as far as music is, is concerned. He's somebody who's at two in the morning, flicking through like internet memes and cracking jokes about it. Yeah, he's somebody who could watch Atlanta, see Atlanta make fun of him, and then put it on his skin for his own album. You know what I'm saying? It's something where where I think a lot of artists are kind of far removed, which is where I think a lot of artists kind of make missteps. Sorry, sorry, Miss Minaj. He's somebody where literally Drake is probably like he's probably on the Kanye to the forums, trolling around. <laughs> he's probably following all. You know, he's probably secretly replying to all these tweets like, "Hey, what's how's." What do you guys think of this new Drake single? You know, on some like you know some guy named Flake. You know, <laughs> he's somebody who's actually engaged with his career and with music in general, and I think it shows. Because even when he misses, it's not like he's missed. And I'm gonna get to this where like uh, <laughs> a certain rappers are kind of out there putting out you know just the same old same old songs. Hopefully they'll hit. Sorry, Quavo. <laughs> he's somebody where he's always trying something different. Yeah, it's always trying something. You know, because even with even when he's had mediocre stuff like even with like a more life there's still fucking five fucking gargantuan hit yeah. songs there yeah. you know what i'm saying kind of yeah. and it's something where you have to kind of give the man the props where i really can't think of there's only one rapper that i could think of who's had that consistent control over over their career over a period of time and that's jay-z and even with jay-z he did it under one there was no internet and two an almost meticulously anal view of his personality where besides his raps which were very vivid we had no idea how Daisy was in real life yeah. as opposed to like you know where you know it was somebody where he was just completely cold 
and well controlled and they kind of made and i think that that at times if it wasn't for the fact that he was so vivid with the life that he lived in the streets we didn't have any idea how jay-z actually was yeah so it was something that was kind of weird where as a lot of other rappers where they kind of you know they kind of let you they're kind of literally bleeding on the page you know, not talking about his father, things like that. Yeah. It's only later era Jay-Z who got that. Yeah. But, you know, like Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, Black Album, it's all Jay-Z and, you know, yeah. the God MC yeah. spinning fucking thunderbolts from the, the, the fucking top of Mount Olympus. But Drake's doing this shit in a place where you fuck up, you put you put a wrong you put a wrong comma in a statement, and suddenly your whole career is over, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's crazy too because like, I, I do have to say, you know, uh, both Jay Z and Drake, um, you know, they both understand that this is like the music is like <laughs> not even like the it's an industry, you know, like like it's at the end of the day, it's an industry. You know, and they understand that the music is like one part of that. The music is kind of a product, but like at the end of the day, you know, the like the media, you know, needs to have attention. You know, it needs to capture attention. So they're going to capture like the easiest way to capture attention is to bring you down. So and I think you know Jay Z understood that when the whole incident with Solange, <laughs> who we're going to talk about later, <laughs> was beating them in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he could easily, like all three parties could have easily went to Twitter and started a Twitter war, and then you know the media would have been all over that. But they didn't say a thing. And then be, they had Beyonce release a song talking about it on her album, and that was it. And then you know, I mean, there are some articles about Jay Z, kind of, you know, when four 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 came out, just kind of, you know kind of still ragging him but people don't see jay-z in that way like he he redeemed himself from that from that one moment you know and that's like jay-z and beyonce who are just like you know that's the, the epitome of perfection so they know how it's like you just have to know how to like manipulate the media and i think like the best way to do that is to step back not feed the media and not feed feed the trolls basically yeah, and no. that's what 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 jay-z did in that situation jay-z and beyonce and that's what drake did and i think that's i mean and you put out good shit yeah and no. like that's 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 gonna pay dividends yeah and, and i think know? it's the i and going back to your point is it's like you, it's you have to kind of take a step back i think the big issue is that you know when you when you're trending and everything is going crazy you know you kind of get a little panic you kind of get like oh what do i do this and that you know and then I think the problem there is the fact of where you kind of have to, I don't know, you have to understand, because I've seen so many times where you have stars come out there and they'll fuck up and they'll give that little fake-ass press release that yeah. A, sounds fucking insincere, and B, it sounds like, you know, press talk where it's like, I'm sorry, I offended you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, and then the thing that's weird is about the fact of where, and you'll see, like, artists, like, fuck up, like, now, where they'll kind of come out there and they do say something and it's just like, you know... Is it stupid? So, like, my personal favorite recent memory would be, <coughs> pardon me, remember Doja Cat? Remember All <laughs> yeah. About Moo? They remember she came out and defended herself by basically saying, I called a couple people faggot when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't really start, and apologies for using that word, you really can't start an apology for being homophobic by tripling down your homophobia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, like, I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, compare Doja Cat to, like, Drake. No, no, Drake no. is an industry... Of you know, course. But like, my, but my, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, you like your first <laughs> in anything, no matter if you are a musician <laughs> or you just work at the Trader Joe's, your first instinct should not be to go to Twitter. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> and I think it's that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Somebody wrongs you, just like yeah. Or if you're the president of the fucking yeah. United States or fucking Elon Musk, just don't go to Twitter. <laughs> that should not be your first instinct. <laughs> but yeah, but, but, but my point being, you have to control the narrative and you have to come out contrite. And I think with all their missteps, where you know things happened, but when they kind of gave their side, it became very personable. They didn't really seem as they didn't. They seemed as human they didn't seem as assholes exactly and i think that's the big difference where you've got one side where it's like all right you know they may not necessarily say i fucked up they might not give you a reason why but however they explain away however they give you an excuse they give you just enough to kind of see the humanity in in their missteps or a lot of people when they kind of immediately go defensive and you immediately go this and that and something yeah. angry you know they may see the humanity but not the good side of humanity just like a fucking asshole yeah yeah, yeah. so uh yeah, you know, again, like I know we talk about Drake a lot in this on this podcast, but I mean the dude stays winning. Yeah, so, no, it's, like, it's 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's it, thoroughly disgusting. It's it, 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 the winning streak is, is except it, except with women though. Womp, womp, womp. I mean, but other than that, he's like the fucking Patriots, you know. <laughs> like, well, I don't even know he's like the on, like he, like I mean, people hate him, but you know, he's not like, but he's just. <sighs> I don't. I don't want the dude to lose. Like you know, even with the Patriots, right? They win all the time. I want them to lose. Fuck all those people. But Drake, I don't want Drake to lose. We, cause, like, we, I, I don't want him to lose. We so. need a Drake though. I feel like I feel like in in, in this in this world, <laughs> it's, there needs to be some rapper out there telling women to go get their backs. <laughs> some some male rapper out there, you know, in this weird sea. It's it's almost like. I don't know. Drake captures like a, a part of hip hop, which I feel like has been underserved for too long. Yeah. This, 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 a uh, sensitive. And the thing is, that, and I hate saying it because Drake is not dense. Drake is petty. He's as misogynistic as any other rapper. He's got his issues. But for some reason with Drake, what's cool about it is that he still has this, the, the weird concept of masculinity in 2018. He really sums up really well, both the sensitive side yeah. and, the, and the toxic side. And that's why I kind of like, you know, like he, he's still a flawed artist. And he's a flawed artist in a way, like, again, it shows you humanity. Yeah. Like, you know, not to be funny, I ain't like Drake for a minute, but I had a bad breakup. I played Take Care, and I was like, I get you, Drake. I get it. I understand it. <laughs> Fuck Rihanna, man. She hurts your heart. And it's something to kind of be said for that. And it's also to be said to be funny where for somebody to have a, a career, like where things kind of kind of go here and there and disappear, it's kind of nice to have a rapper out there kind of, you know, and we could definitely make the argument he may not have dropped any classics, but he's definitely been putting out consistently dope music for, we're probably pushing on a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I can't really say anything. Can't, can't yeah. really say anything. Yep. And that's about it as far as Rick is concerned. And we'll never mention the other guy ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Yandy's coming out. Black Friday. Uh, I know it's gonna be. Uh, let's not talk about that. Well, we'll save all I hate for that for that day. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna show up here high off fucking turkey fat and mad after fucking beating my way through a whole bunch of shoppers ass that Friday morning. Woo! I'm gonna have to hate with me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but last week was an interesting week for for artists in general because uh, you had the return of the once and future king of R&B, Sir Usher. Yes. 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 Uh, so apparently, um, I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm still on Apple Music, by the way, because I'm too lazy to <laughs> move all my 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 music and playlists to Spotify. 
Well, Apple Music actually had like a like a little interview, like liner note in the in the Usher album. All right. Um, and apparently, this new album, A, guess where that is, um, <laughs> dropped this week. And apparently, they they recorded it last week. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's like a new. It's like almost like a dub plate, you know. It's like sitting <laughs> <laughs> out to the presses. <laughs> it's not off the presses, but um, yeah. So Usher uh, got with Zaytoven, which is my favorite trap producer of all time uh and create this this album a which you know i'm not gonna say it's a great album but i i like what he's doing here because uh you know he had album uh like two years ago um and which basically sounded like the r&b that he made like you know back in the day yeah and like that r&b is dated <laughs> For, for, for better or worse, yeah, yeah. In a weird way, you can make the argument he might. Well, we'll talk. We're going. Well, I mean, I, 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 I mean, this. I mean, when you listen to this album, and I thought I wrote it down here. Oh, hard to love. Hard to love. You listen to hard to love. It's like it sounds like it could be made in you know like two thousand, you know two thousand two, and you know it's just kind of like one of those things where uh, I, I feel like R and B is in a weird space right now. Um, and like that type of R and B, it's just, I mean, it's just not hidden with the kids, obviously. Um, unless you're like from the nineties, apparently. Yes. If you're from like 2000 above, yeah. like, no, no. If, if it's like 80, 98, you can get an Uzi for, you know, Jodeci sample. <laughs> if it's 2001, you know, yeah, Usher, it's just like no love whatsoever. It's like no love. It's no like, love. I guess Jodeci is like, oh, this is hot new. I've never heard before. Usher's like, this is my parents' music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, so Usher had to switch it up, and I think this is a really great route for him. Um, it he felt comfortable in this album, um, like the 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 beats were, I mean, I would say like you know, Zaytoven is, is amazing as a producer, so like that kind of worked. Uh, they're in the pocket. I would just say like, there's nothing here that I thought was like great. Um, maybe I have to listen to the album a few more times, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's like, I wouldn't say it's like, it's comeback, comeback album. Um, there, I, there's no real, like real singles here or whatever, but for an album that they put out last week that they just like, Oh, let me just put this out on my birthday. Like, I'm not mad. At it. No, you're not. I'm not mad. And, and what's funny about it was, and going back to how you said it, it sounds, it's that spectacular. What's cool about it is like considering Usher's space in music and R and B music for the past couple of decades also in atlanta itself because he's somebody where like and we kind of forget because they always think of outcasts yeah we think of like jeezy we think about ti like usher's been holding out atlanta for fucking ever before so, holding down atlanta was a thing it was a thing so it's kind of <laughs> cool even though he's just kind of doing this breezy r&b over trap beats if anybody deserves to have some nice trip club songs to be thrown up on there, it's fucking Usher. He literally yeah. laid, laid that down. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's something where there's no great songs, although I would make an argument there is one great song on there. It's definitely a good album. And it's like cool hearing, and it's it's like even like, like what, like was it, is it Peace Sign? Where it's like her legs are up in the air like a, like a peace sign? Yeah, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. Like that's cheesy, but he's deserved that cheesy. He's somebody where he's been making you know, literally making this R&B for just a long time, is it's like, why not make a silly album? Why not yeah. make a silly fun album? Yeah. Especially because he, like, apparently it wasn't because he's turning 40. He wanted to have something for his birthday. So why not? And I, I think it's kind of cool. I just wish there was a space, and then maybe there is, 
where artists could kind of do this and we don't take it like, oh, well, they fell off or they're not making the album sales and this and that. We can't just be a, a fun fan. But, but I think I think the Usher is in that space. Yeah, no, like, I think so, you know, yeah. I, like, I, I think this album is perfect for, for that because I, I, I think, you know, I don't think, you know, they, they dropped this album thinking that this is going to be, you know, like a radio banger or whatever. Yes. They just dropped it, you yeah. know, and I, and I think it's... it's as much as we kind of, I'm, you know, I don't know how I feel about streaming sometimes. I like, I'm glad that Usher has the space to do this. Yes, and like, there's nobody, there's no A and R saying, "Oh, think of your brand." Yeah, <laughs> or you know, like it's something like that. Like, like this is a you know perfectly well put together album. Yeah, no, you know, and like, like we need to have to have Usher. Or some of these, you know, older. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say old. He's he's, not even, he's almost my age. He's older than me, but like. But not by much. He's, he's in that Lil Wayne where he's been in the game yeah. so long. He's been in the game. Like, I, I remember, like, listening to Usher in fucking high school, you know? <laughs> but, like, uh, but we need, you know, we need, like, like some of these uh, legend artists to kind of work with new school producers and, and work in, like, these new areas. And, yeah, it's great that we, we are now at the point where, like, uh, Usher can do that and... Again, like it's not like he's probably not losing any money. Yeah, (laughs) you know, like nobody's getting, you know, like 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 nobody's gonna take an L on this. Like Zaytoven's like probably has all these beats like sitting there for like on his hard drive. (laughs) Like like you know, it's just like 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 there's no law. Nobody's losing here. Nothing's you know like it's not something where. It's a say multi million dollar album, so yeah, why not? Yeah, no, why not explore? Agreed. And and with this, what I liked about it also, I, I will say there is one great song. I have one of this album is the fact of where going back to Zaytoven where he had the, the future album early this year, yeah. where he was going nuts with the keys the whole album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really hoping he would do that here. He did, uh, but there is one song he did. So say what you want. Oh yeah, yeah. He actually does the whole key thing, and yeah. I feel like that's where I was hoping that project would gel. I think it would be fantastic. If this project does well enough that they kind of revisit it and kind of do more of that. Oh yeah, yeah, because I, I think it'll be fantastic. And it's it's even and what's funny about Usher's flow is like it's hilarious how he has to fucking do it with Future, and it yeah. works. Yeah. So it's like weird where for once like you see somebody stepping out of the lane and Usher could do this in his sleep. And I think it'd be awesome if that he. That it's almost like I wish he would put a little bit more work into it. By the same token, you know, pressure, this and that. You can have a video, you know, what's your budget, yada, yada, yada. I, and like, I, like I said, I don't even know if there's a video slate for this. Yeah, no. It's, you know, it's, it's, like, like if, they, if they filmed it, they recorded this last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to get like an iPhone video. <laughs> but that's the thing, because if you look at the cover of the album, it looks like it was like a, it looks like a toy car. Like yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. it's a miniature. Like it looks so like. Yeah. As Post, like I'll have the real ass Lambo outside of the big mansion. <laughs> it looks like something for somebody's like you know Barbie dollhouse. They, 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 <laughs> they couldn't get the real Lambo in time. <laughs> that was the budget they had. <laughs> like you got enough. We got about twenty six dollars and forty five cents <laughs> to spend on the album cover. <laughs> Unfortunately, I spent two seventy five on the train, so that's really more twenty four, twenty three dollars. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, and it's great. And and the thing is, like about it is, it's also fun writer music. It's you know what it is. It's it's been a while since I've heard an album where it's just like, oh shit, you know, you you got like, two groups. You got the girls getting ready together, and some of these sides all met together, putting the perfume on. You have the dudes at their house bullshitting pregaming to go out. It's that kind of album. It's like, all right, I'm gonna oh, go yeah. out on a fucking Friday night. I'm gonna go out Saturday night. Hopefully, get laid. Hopefully, have prob. Hopefully, hopefully have problems. Hopefully, don't have any problems. 
hop in the car, you know, and drive down there with, with your friends and this there, chilling, vibing. It's it's a good vibe album, and it's cool to see hear somebody in a space where it's he's comfortable as shit. No, like a lot of yeah. times these things, and it sounds like a weird awkward tradition and yada yada yada. Yeah. But no, he was yeah. dueling, dueling but, yeah, future like this, like it was fucking Pavarotti. Yeah, shit. but like I'm not, I'm not surprised about that. About that. I mean, again, like like Usher is Atlanta. Yeah, he's an OG in Atlanta, so like. I, I'm not surprised about like him being comfortable because like <laughs> it's like if it wasn't for like if it wasn't for like Usher and like Jermaine Dupri and some of the other cats like popping out of Atlanta like early Atlanta like he paved the way for all these people like yes. Atlanta wouldn't be what it is today um, like they like started the actual music industry down there you know so uh, so yeah no no I'm 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 happy uh. I'm ha- I'm always happy to see Usher back. Um, I'm I'm happy to see this project and uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. All righty, so uh, I'll I'll describe what I've been listening to later because I, I have some hate in my heart. Uh-oh. I'll do it right now. Actually, it's later. I'll do it right now. So the big new album that came out last week was Quavo. <laughs> yeah, you take this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 like I ain't listen to that. I have no time for that. No, I'm gonna go to the restroom real quick. People, people have to <laughs> just, kinda, just just keep talking. Yeah, but that's the thing. And, and I kind of feel bad because I didn't have a chance to listen to it. Except I did get a chance to hear the reaction, and the reaction was not what you want to hear from a rap album. <laughs> and then the thing is to rewind Quavo. If we go back to Versace era, Quavo was probably actually I won't say probably he was. It's out of the group. He was the best rapper. He had the most most bounce, most flows, most one-liners. Since then, obviously, you know, they've kind of settled into their superstar status and, like, you know, Takeoff has kind of come in a little bit and, you know, it Offset has kind of come in also. So it's like they're kind of more of a tree-headed Hydra, but it feels like for the last couple of Migos releases, he's been doing a lot more hook work and he hasn't really been rapping as much. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's really hard to tell because, let's be honest, all the me guys sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally, like, you know, put out this album, the solo album, I guess the first big solo album of, of the three that were presumably going to come up first. And it's definitely up and running for one of the most disappointing albums I've heard this year. And the sad thing is, it's not necessarily because it's bad. It's actually pretty good, except, and I think the issue here is a lot of, like, and I won't say trap music per se, but I think that's kind of coming to a lot of these artists is the fact of where they've kind of run out of things to say. Where at, even for Future, where you could kind of say, well, Future has the same three topics. Those three topics, he's grown organically over the years and he's changed. Yeah. There's an arc there. There's an emotional thing. Future that first came out is different from Future that is in 2018. Obviously, it's pounds of fucking depression and fucking pills on top of that. But it's still not the same exact rapper persona. Where Migos have stayed exactly Migos. Going back to the point of Drake, going back to the point of Jay-Z, we have to show some humanity. Yeah. Quavo has no humanity. He's just Quavo. Is that somebody who kind of shows up there and drops those bars and disappears. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But even something like Gucci Mane, where you look at Gucci Mane before and Gucci Mane after, it's still the same women, it's still the same drugs, it's still the same guns vice versa, but the perspective has shifted a little bit where you feel this growth. Yeah. The problem with Migos is the Migos have been Migosing straight through, no changes, not even changes in their flows. Yeah. So what you're kind of forced with is a whole bunch of, you know, solid, versatile rappers who just don't switch it up whatsoever. And the sad thing here is production-wise, 
it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's probably one of the best. I'll still put Travis Scott on top of this one because Travis Scott, a lot of beat switches. You got Mike Dean there. There's a lot of interesting things happening there. On, on you know, come on, just for fucking um, what's the big hit single with Drake? Help me with this. Uh, come on, the, we know this. We know this. We know this. The single with with, with Drake. No, no, with those people. Come on, This is how do we? This is this is what we're showing. Dude, old. Oh, the way too old. Oh, we're, we're anyway. going. We're going to edit in the title. Yeah, edit in the title. <laughs> but anyway, like a song like that, obviously you can't beat because you've got these three beat switches. It's a weird song, yada yada yeah. yada. But as far as pure beats are concerned, it's fucking fantastic. Like the first track, fucking biggest alley oop. Is basically like the, a weird flute sample, like fucking mask off, mm. but it goes off forever and it's a little bit off. So it was this weird experimental, like almost like loop. And Quavo comes in there and doesn't do bad, he doesn't do good either. Yeah. There's another track which I like, like, um, that was, uh, which one was that? It's it's How About That. So How About That comes in there and he's got this synth sound that sounds like, remember Dream and Tricky back in the days? Mm-hmm. Where he had like, like you know, back when they were doing like fucking Rihanna songs, it is this fucking warm ass synth sound and it would be a fantastic R&B song that like Jeremiah would kill, that Dream yeah. Obviously would kill. Yeah. Or even somebody like fucking, like let's say Future could make it to a crossover hit. He just kind of comes in there and just does Cravo. Like there's nothing really special. And it's kind of sad because you've got people like Cardi B, you got people like Madonna, you got people like Travis Scott, Madonna's and they basically body him the whole album. He's just fucking boring as a rapper, and it's kind of sad to kind of hear. And it's and it's weird, and it kind of comes to the point of where he also has the nerve to make it fucking 19 songs long. Of course. So it's at a point of where you know you had these guys that were artistically doing something really great, and now they're just kind of like just dropping shit out you know just to drop it out yeah and it's kind of weird because you know like even for race Mershmer, like they were trying something different where yeah. it's like i have a solo you know you see a lot of little the one thing that atlanta's done really well even though people kind of sell them with the trap sound they've gotten really weird it with it they've found weird corners that is true they have got weird auto two things ha- auto tune things happening where yeah. you know like like a young thug come of a country album basically you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah, yeah. And so it's weird to have these dudes where they've got more money than God. And it's just like hard drive dumps. Continuous hard drive dumps and nobody cares. I mean, as long as they keep making money dumping their hard drive, like, what's the motivation? But that's the thing. is, And maybe that goes back to the rumor about how that Drake, you know, Migos tour, those ticket sales weren't really up there. And I think it's the idea of where you've got somebody like Drake where, you know, in his superstar position, he's found a way to kind of stay... You know, drama aside, Drake will always be on the, on the cusp of what's happening in hip-hop. Yeah. Drake, he may not be the first one there on the moon, <laughs> but he's right after. Yeah. And it's kind of sad hearing these relatively young rappers, because they're still fucking in their fucking 20s. Yeah. Kind of just phoning it in where, you know, and this is their time to shine, because in about, you know, three, four years, we're, three, four years from now, we're all listening to fucking weird SoundCloud rappers with tattoos on their fucking eye, eyelids. <laughs> That you know that they, those guys have the new new, and then we listen to Carpe Ass Migos songs doing the same exact flow, doing the same exact generic trip hop songs. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then like uh, that, and that's the only thing. It's kind of it's, it's we've kind of hit that word. We've we're we're, we're, we're becoming post Migos. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been post Migos, so get catch up. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> uh, so I've been listening to uh, Blood Orange. 
Ooh, interesting. So I think the last time we talked about Blood Orange, I talked about how I didn't like Blood Orange. <laughs> um, and it's like, I, not that I, I don't like him. I, I think, you know, um, and it's kind of weird, too, because like, like basically he makes music that's deconstruct, deconstructed. But to me, it feels like so deconstructed that it just, it's almost kind of nonsensical sometimes. Yes. Um, and I just, I was never able to catch what he was feeling. I was never able to catch his flow. Like it is always something off where I just kind of felt confused. Uh, and this is something, somebody who's kind of like, you know, I like, you know, uh, nonsensical albums. So I don't know what the, what the, the distance is, you know, uh, I like a King cruel, uh, people who say Frank Ocean is nonsensical. Like I Basquiat like Shores. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like Frank Ocean. You know, I like those albums. Like, so it's always been like a weird thing with me. Um, and I think maybe you talked about the new Blood Orange album. I was like, ah, I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> uh, and then my um, one of my friends said, Hey, do you listen to the new Blood, Blood Orange? And I was like, No, but you know what? Like, let me give it a try. I need some some music to talk about today. <laughs> um, but I really like this album. Like, this album is great. You know, it's it's something. <laughs> I think it is going to sound weird. I think that it's one of the few times because he's got a very distinct sound. He's yeah. got a very distinct thing he's going for. And, he, and, he, and again, he's somebody where he's had a lot of different iterations over his career, so he knows what he's doing. So it's not like when he does a Blood Orange album, he's just kind of half-assing it. He has a very specific idea of how a Blood Orange album should sound, yeah. what, it should, what it should be. Like you said, very de- deconstructed 80s kind of R&B type things. And I think that kind of hurt the project at times because as dope as it is, for me, I could never really cling to it because that, and I, I don't know how to say maybe it's not funk, but that that soul you kind of need for R&B, he kind of purposely kind of, it was so deconstructed that I felt like at times he was missing that. What, this project? No, I'm saying oh, in, in, yeah, his yeah, career yeah, yeah. general. Oh, yeah, like, yeah no, like, no, no. Right. And, and that's on purpose, I feel. Yeah, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. And that's what I said, it's because he's somebody who's been around the game for a yeah. while. Again, he's like produced, he's produced obviously much more soulful Solange albums. Yeah, it's just crazy. That, yeah. Well, I guess like for, he's like, for this Blood Orange project, as opposed to Lightspeed Champion and all these other albums I've had, I want it to be X, Y, Z. He goes in front of his, his laptop, he's got a little poster that says Blood Orange, and he's got these four or five checkpoints. <laughs> he feels like he's got a hit. <laughs> And I think what's good about this album, going back to your point about how it's dope, I feel like it's the first time where it's like, all right, cool, let me not be a slave towards this weird deconstructed 80s kind of R&B, kind of dancey type stuff. Because there's stuff where it's it's just a really well put together album that's not really beholden to what you expect Blood Orange to be. Yeah, and and it's definitely more, I I wouldn't say mainstream, it's definitely more palatable. Uh, It definitely has more structures in its previous projects. Um, You know, it's, you know, just with all the features on there. Yeah, I think it's collaborative. I think he's somebody where he's learning, because he's such a great songwriter that I think when he was doing his stuff, he was like, all right, I'm doing my stuff. I think now he realizes like, hey, you know, if I'm somebody who writes all these dope for somebody else, maybe vice versa. Maybe I'll call people in here to help me improve my craft also. Yeah. Or what a Blood Orange album can be. Yeah. Because because yeah. what I love about the album is that to be funny is it's the, the ways it isn't like a Blood Orange album traditional. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's, I mean, it kind of sucks for me as a listener that I like the album that's most unlike all of his other albums. <laughs> but I think like the cool thing is like, I, like every time I listen to a previous Blood Orange album, 
I kind of saw what he was doing, and I was like, but man, like, there's so much potential here. And now I think this album is kind of like realized that potential. Um, and you know, there's people who I think, like, my friend doesn't really like the album, uh, but they like kind of are expect they were expecting more of like Freetown Sound or some of the early albums that are just a bit more deconstructed. Uh, whereas this album, again, yeah, it, it's it's more four four notes. It's more traditional song structures. Um, but I I just feel like I finally <laughs> get like get what this album is saying. Um, the other thing is too, um, it's almost like a it's like a male compliment to like Solange's uh, "See at the Table." Yes. Um, you know, it, it's I wouldn't say it's, it's he took a lot of those vibes, but I he he's playing he's playing on the same notes in terms of structure, in terms of skits, in terms of like yes, the narration talk, is a big narration. Deal. Yes. You know, like like he's playing on a lot of those same notes here, uh, which is, I mean it's not a bad thing. Like I'm, I'm sure he's he was very inspired by that album, and that's a great album to to be inspired by. And I think that's a really great template for him to start on. Um, you know, like there's a song with Puff Daddy. <laughs> which i'm like what the fuck and but it's actually hope is like my favorite song on the album um and i don't even know where puff daddy is like maybe he's like has a maramba or, well you know how puff daddy is. he showed up in the studio and puff daddy's like all right i get 18 points on this record <laughs> it's now my record i just showed up here come on i want to be up to rock i get it. give me that but my producer's credit <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so I mean that you know, but it's, it's it's a really beautiful, lush, almost alternative song that that's really cool. He has like uh, Georgia and Monroe on this album. Yeah, who's who's always it's who's, you know he's always a great collaborator. Um, so yeah, no, like to me, I was just like shocked by how much I love this album. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know where this will will end up in my like my top like my top albums of the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up. Somewhere in my top 15, 10, like 15, 20. Well, you know, it's... it's, it's Are you in top 10? You yeah, know? no, as far as R&B, definitely top 10 of the year. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, we discussed, you know, I too am not a huge Blood Orange fan, but I do like the music. I just don't love the music. So I remember when it first came out, I kind of let it play in the background when I was, I don't know, cleaning or who knows what I was doing. And I was just kind of shocked about how often I was like, oh, this song's kind of dope. This song's kind of dope. And and I, I think it's a space of where it kind of shows you that maybe he's, it's it's... I think is the idea, like I said, is, is of him letting go of what Blur Orange should sound like. Yeah. I think having his collaborators in there, because again, he's somebody where, you know, when he's up Blood Orange, he's getting paid, just writing for other people. <laughs> no, like he knows how to write good songs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I think that maybe to a certain extent, uh, the, the Blood Orange project and what he had to be, where, you know, it's all skinny jeans and, you know, you know, high waters and, you know, old vans and it's all like, you know, very emotional and, you know, it's definitely that too, but it's also, you know what it is? It's also very much mature. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's what it is. I think, I think, and you know, I know he was playing with a lot of political stuff with the EP before this. And even in this album, there's a lot of political stuff happening there. Maybe the, the world's changed where you really can't. It's, it's not all about <laughs> just hanging out and having a good time and, you know, simple love and simple melancholy. There's a lot of bigger things happening, a lot of, a lot of bigger weight, and maybe he's finally feeling that in his music itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. And, and it's funny, too, because I was telling my friend, I always end up seeing Blood Orange live. And I'm always kind of like, yeah. <laughs> but I actually want to see this album perform live. I think it'd be really cool to kind of see, um, see him tackle some of these songs. Because, again, like, 
I think he's a good singer. I think, you know, he's a good songwriter. Um, I'm sure, you know, he's a good arranger, producer. Um, so if he really, like, sticks his foot into this on a live show, I, like, like I wouldn't surprise if he knocks it out of the park. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you had a real-ass yeah. live band? Yeah. Oh, it'd be fucking off the heezy. Yeah, it'd be Oof. incredible. Yeah. So, so shouts out, Blood Orange. Shouts you know, out to Blood Orange. Get, get, you know, go raid some of Glasper's people. <laughs> Go raise some of Solange's people. Yeah, yo, get the internet at the back of me. You know like, 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 make it happen. Go on that Twitter. Be like, you know, get them DMs popping. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll be there for first class, first first row. <laughs> first class. I know, first class. I know, flying out there to the Blood Orange show. I'll be in LA. <laughs> It'll be me and Cobra Snake. Is that, does, that, does that even guy do anything anymore? Ah, I haven't heard that name a long time. I know, that was, time. I just pulled that in a random, random a corner of my brain. Time. Oh, those arts. Oh, those, my goodness. Those parting in the arts. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's about it for us. I think that's about it, people. And then that's it for uh, Kanye Watch Week 34. <laughs> <laughs> my God. <laughs> we didn't even talk about like the real Kanye shit. No, no. We're not. We're not. Again, but we're, we're, you know what? We don't even need to. We don't even need to. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's about it. To. You know what I'm saying? It's this, this, this hold your kids. <laughs> and then, uh, you know... Hopefully, we'll have to live another day. Uh, anyway, anyway uh, you know where to find us online. Um, like I said, we're now on Google and on Apple, Overcast, all your favorite podcast streams. So, uh, yeah, uh, always share. <laughs> always grab your friend's phone and say, Reg and Stone, type in Reg and Stone, play music. Yes. Talk music. Reg and Stone. Google That's search. Register stone. Holler. Holler. You know what I'm saying? Recognize the name. We, 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 Don't yeah. Let me go out there and snuff you. Uh, grab your phone. Grab your iPad. Grab your MacBook. Grab your Zoom. Your That's Zoom. right. Even you Zoom bastards. Uh, but nah, thanks for all the support, people. Uh, and until next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.